For August 21st, 2023, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 790. We are all weaker than the water. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The overthinkers are like uh, your smart, funny friends from the internet. Uh, we're smart because we uh, we hunker down when there's danger outside. We stay home and stay safe, um, as our elected leaders wisely tell us to do. And, and we're funny because uh, while we're all staying home and staying safe, we uh, have hilarious uh, times together. It's like Boccaccio's Decameron up in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, uh, you know... Um, yeah, man, it's uh, wow. So, hey, uh, I'm Matt Rather. I'm here with Pete Fenzel. Hey, Pete. Hey, Matt. And hey, Mark. Mark Lee. I'm here. How are you doing, Matt? I'm, What's I'm going doing on? okay. You're looking at the woods. We're under a tropical storm watch, uh, which okay. is weird for my part of the woods. Now, my neck of the woods. I, I feel like uh, you all on the trailing edge of America get, um, you know, this this sort of adverse weather event all the time. But it has not happened in something like 60 years, 80 years, where a tropical storm has hit California. And uh, Hurricane Hillary, which became Tropical Storm Hillary, has um, kind of snaked up the coast uh, just west of Baja, California, and then made landfall in Baja, you know, past uh, Ensenada, Tijuana, um, cross-border San Diego headed up to um, headed up to to yeah, east. Yeah. Is it taking the, is it is it taking the four or five up the Santa Monica Freeway? Uh yeah well uh Mark the ten is the San Monica Freeway uh the four or five is the San Diego Freeway but um oh, okay. it is okay. it is yeah it is actually taking the the San Diego <laughs> Freeway which is uh you know kind of funny because if the hurricane had any damn sense it would know to get off the freeway and take surface streets because hmm, uh you know you got to avoid the traffic the, the hurricane should use should use ways if it wants to get around a major city more uh more efficiently so we're uh yeah so we're we're we've been in this thing we've been um explaining we've been kind of uh stuck at home we've been stuck at home i'm not sure i said this on the podcast uh podcast last week but i got covid at the taylor swift show remember that taylor swift show that we podcast is about and i was so i was so full of like joy and and a kind of awe even and like my heart was so full and so lifted by the kind of the artistic and and uh spectacular event that that i had been to yeah i got covid there uh, it was just hypoxia matt <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, but, uh, it was COVID Taylor's version. She really wanted to uh, control the virus herself, you yeah. know, so she didn't want, she didn't want Scooter Braun's company to. So, yeah. uh, you know, I got, I got COVID from Dr. Luke. It was an absolute disaster. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I just hope he's praying. Um, the whole, uh, yeah, so, so we've been home. We've been basically isolating at home for, uh, you know, a week, a week and a half or slightly more already. And then the, you know, here comes the hurricane and, uh, it's dumping a bunch of, it's dumping like the projected five inches of water in Palm Springs, which is a desert is not, it, it is not, uh, equipped to take that kind of rainfall in a day. Um, it's just not a landscape that would have to cope with that as you know as something that ever really happens there so you know it's a, a once in a lifetime uh, meteorological event or as we call it now an annual event so we're been uh you know i don't know we've been we've been hunkering down i'm very lucky i'm able to podcast got got internet got power not always given given the the kind of winds um you know that that you're bound to get but uh yeah so that's 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 uh that's what we're doing and it kept it kept me from seeing Oppenheimer this weekend while well, that and the covid though i'm i'm good uh my wife's about 4 days behind me in her trajectory and so you know um i would have had to go see covid covid myself and i i fortunately go see covid i would have to go see covid i yeah but uh, oppenheimer prevented me from seeing covid and right. you know he has become death story of worlds yes you know the the uh brain fog about covid is the hard thing so uh let's let's um uh 
Uh, sorry, what? Uh, we'll so yeah, so so I'm I'm uh, I'm here. I'm reporting. I'm like uh, I'm like in Twister. Uh, who's in Twister? Helen Hunt. I want to say Helen Hunt is in yeah. Twister. I'm uh, I'm Helen Hunt, y'all. Uh, I'm in Twister. <laughs> Yondu. <laughs> Helen Hunt, y'all. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> from 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 as good as it gets? <laughs> Mad about you? I mean, they're all great, but they have subtle differences. She has a lot of range, surprising range <laughs> for different kinds of experiences, well, not different personalities. But <laughs> oh man. Sorry, Mark, what were you saying? I was asking, is she cool in that one? Is she cool? Is Helen? Yeah, Hunt but that's really what Yondu that's 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 what Yondu asks. Right. Oh. Is she cool? That's right. Is she cool? Yeah, she's cool. I'm Helen Hunt, (laughs) y'all. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm in the storm, storm tracker 23 in the, in the, the eye of the hurricane from overthinking it, you know? So, Uh, so on your end, you didn't see Oppenheimer because you had COVID or still have COVID and you're also hunkered down due to a an unprecedented tropical storm. It didn't quite, if it had made landfall in Southern California, it would have been like the first one in 80 years or something. Something right? like that, yeah. But it yeah, made landfall in Mexico, yeah. Fair enough. And so you also, and I also did not see Oppenheimer because of severe weather. I am, if you might notice, my voice sounds a little bit different. It's because my uh, home office has been decimated uh we we the floors Wait, are the romans the, the romans time. invaded and they killed one out of 10 pieces of furniture in no, no, your no, home no. we oh. we enlisted in the roman army and I we see. failed so then we had one in 10 pieces of our furniture killed by our commanding <laughs> officers who happened to be romans <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's uh it's i thought think of it more of as a, as a disciplinary punishment well i guess they could probably do it to other people too but yes no it's um it's we we had uh, we had six and a half inches of rainfall in just a couple of hours last week. And then we got hit again this week. And it was, you know, like the, the you know, the house is OK. Uh, but like my my podcasting area is basically an empty box at this point with just a little computer desk in it. Um, and uh, we have to get everything replaced. Thankfully, we hadn't started before everything got torn out. Um, but you know, had a little bit of a confrontation, a very scary situation, you know, being face to face with all that stuff, uh, because, you know, this is a place that's prepared to deal with that sort of thing. And it wasn't prepared to deal with this. So uh, all sorts of places got absolutely wrecked. And we had tornadoes uh, farther south, too, which you generally don't hear of up here all that much. So, so that was all pretty scary. So, Mark, did you did you also not get to see Oppenheimer because of some sort of horrible natural disaster? Um, if, if by which you mean like children throwing tantrums and being difficult, because they are natural and they are disasters in a way. Um, actually, the answer, Pete, is no, because that oh, that you know is kind of a more or less a daily occurrence uh, in my household. But they did not prevent me from going to see Oppenheimer. So you um, saw Oppenheimer. Actually, I did in seventy okay. millimeter IMAX. Um, would you Would you in, recommend in, that when the heavens close? And the hammer of the gods is no longer falling upon our heads that Matt and I should go see Oppenheimer or Barbie, um, one or the other, because we've really tried and it has been unsuccessful. <laughs> but uh, so, you, you, uh, so, you, you, you know, once you escape from the natural disasters, you go see a, uh, a man made one. Uh, but of course, I made a Christopher Nolan movie. Hey, yo! oh, he has a nuclear bomb going off. No, yeah. no, no, I'm th- <laughs> I'm th- that, uh, that was Tenet. Tenet was a man-made Christopher Nolan disaster, and oh. this is not that. This is also not the te- this is not the Oppenheimer podcast, by the way. We're not no, going no, no, like, no. to stumble not- our way yeah. through that conversation. Um, but um, I, I will recommend. Uh, well, you know, I was about to say I'll recommend to go see it in IMAX three, but um, I guess it's uh, kind of ending its IMAX run for uh, a third-rate DC comics, DC comic uh, hero movie, Blue Beetle. Yeah, everyone is excited to see Blue Beetle in IMAX instead of Oppenheimer. Um, but uh, your 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 window to see that is probably closed, um, and I'm honestly not sure how this is going to play on a small screen, um, especially like uh, if you're like me and wind up watching movies in 30 minute snippets on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> Oppenheimer it probably is going to impress. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. fair enough. So, so if we it's, don't it's, have it's it's a cinematic experience, is what I'm saying. All right. So if we don't have Oppenheimer to talk about, and we uh, don't have the opportunity to watch it on our phones to our satisfaction before this podcast is over, because I hear it's a little bit on the long side. Uh, can we talk about, let's talk about this other situation that has us all a little bit sidelined. Stormcast 23. 
I had an experience during these storms. I had it twice because it was two storms. And it made me think about, about storms in pop culture. And I wanted to describe it to you guys a little bit, which was like, there is an area behind my home that has a creek, right? And, uh, and, and the water from the storm was kind of coming down the creek. And there's also an area farther behind that's a wetland. And the wetland was just totally washed out, right? And there's like wetland reaching back and there's creek and then there's the streets. And like there's there you're seeing reports of places that you know about uh, that are that are getting wrecked by all this water that's coming through. Um, and, uh, and 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 I and I looked at a place where my car had been parked the previous night and it wasn't parked there because um, my wife had moved it. But if it had been parked there, it would have been washed away. And 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 looking at it right uh, by the sort of force of all this water that's coming through and thankfully passed, but through and, and having this like really, really powerful, just adrenal hit. Right. Like I, I felt like so adrenalized by the presence of this of this rainstorm, this horrible, horrible rainstorm. So just hyped up fight or flight, you know, for real. Um, and, and it made me think about and I'm not thinking about stuff like. Can I pick up and move these logs that I have sitting here from this tree that I had to cut a, cut apart because it fell across my driveway, right? Like, um, can I build some sort of barricade like right now with my bare hands, right? Like, uh, what can I do to possibly head off this 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 storm? What can I do to sort of do battle with it in some way that would be productive? The answer is not much, but um, but because the strong the storm is stronger than you are. But the the point being that like I've seen so many movies where people are out in like really heavy rain and they are having like soul bearing conversations, right? They're like talking about things that they never could have talked about. They're like confessing their love to each other. They're like recognizing truths about society, right? They're sort of cold bloodedly murdering each other. And I don't know whether this is too close of a suggestion to the podcast we had after I'd had that sort of dental surgery without anesthesia working. (laughs) It's just sort of like, uh, Like people have this weird idea about pain. I feel like there's this weird idea about rain going around where like if you're in extremely heavy rain, it's like a good situation to do some very deep introspection or to like have some sort of truth come to mind about yourself. When in fact, being in extremely heavy rain uh, really, really centers the rain in my experience. Like the rain, <laughs> the rain really kind of centers itself in your situation. Like if you're like, like, you know, bringing my kids home and it's thundering and lightning because we've had so many of these rainstorms and uh, part of what makes them threatening is the water table is so high. Children, so many children, I, I need to tell you something. Crash, crash, yeah, crash. Exactly. <laughs> I love you so much, children. (laughs) It's been such an honor to be your father. All these crash, 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 crash. I just, my heart is full and I've discovered a kind of love I never thought was possible in these few splash, crash, flash, flash, bang, bang. It's like, Daddy, I want to talk about it. We have to go inside. <laughs> no, we have to go inside. There is lightning. It is not safe. We have to go inside. I want to drink the water. I want to stand in the puddles of standing water Daddy, and drink it. is it true that you were once like me but don't quite remember? What does that say about our universal experience Crash, as humans? flash. <laughs> we have to go inside. It is not safe to be outside in lightning. Like, I have to carry you inside. Are you going to walk or am I going to carry you? Because the main thing we have to do right now is get out of this rain. Right? Like, uh, just, just, oh, man. Uh, and, and the other thing is my son loves puddles. He absolutely loves puddles. And there's a certain point in which a puddle becomes life-threatening. So you really got to make sure that the puddle enthusiasm doesn't get out of hand during, like, torrential, torrential rainstorms. Thankfully, we never really hit that level. Um, but, man, I picked him up one time from daycare. And he, and this week he was covered in mud. Because there had been so many puddles that he'd been splashing and he'd got it all over his face. He got it all over his shirt, right? And it's like, uh, man, I just, I can't engage with it that way, right? It's, uh, I mean, what am I thinking? I'm thinking about like the Crucible movie where like all of the scenes that are happening in the Crucible play are happening outside and with somebody like firing a, a 
garden hose at the mall at him in the face <laughs> and just this incredibly heavy rain i'm thinking about sin city and like the way that people are murdering each other in the rain and like they still maintain these very stoic looks on their faces whereas i would just be like wiping my eye and kind of like I'm like oh do i have to do this now like can't we, i gotta put this off and do it later uh, right. You know, anyway, right. Anytime yeah. anyone is standing in the rain in a in a work of filmed entertainment, like looking sexy, you know, looking <laughs> like the the rain is not God's wet T-shirt contest, you know. Like I mean, anytime, a certain kind of rain, maybe, but oh man, not the rain, not right. capital T, capital R. Oh well, my goodness. Yeah, not the not 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 your New England rain. Yes, I suppose there's like a tropical there's a tropical rain in Tahiti or something like that <laughs> that just makes everybody look dewy and 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 young. Right. That's. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah absolutely because like yeah. the it don't make everybody evacuate tahiti is what it <laughs> <laughs> we're we're uh yeah because you you uh you don't don't look sexy in the rain because you're you're wearing a like a gore-tex uh parka you know you're wearing a gore-tex <laughs> parka to go out and those things are not breathable and you are extremely clammy underneath <laughs> your gore-tex parka and you're not in the mood to Dawson any creeks, you know, you're not in the mood to, uh, have a conversation about your, um, uh, to have a conversation about your, you know, burning passion for your, your childhood best friend. I don't know about you guys, but when, what, you know, when I'm standing on the rain, uh, you know, waiting for a, a bus to come to bring a beloved family member, like actually a magical creature comes to visit me. Um, and, and <laughs> kind of, you know, lets me know that I actually have child, childlike wonder, uh, and then, uh, lets me go, for, go for a ride. And then later, uh, um, uh, goes away in a cat bus. It doesn't happen to you guys. You also no? have hypoxia. Talk- you, you can't <laughs> breathe in water, Mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about my neighbor Totoro, by the oh, way, no, which I is know. like, yeah, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, which is like a, a different sort of thing that happens in the rain, right? It's not so much like a bearing of the soul as it is like a, a well, it's a, it's a it's an occasion to what commune with the natural world, um, especially because it's a Miyazaki movie, right? Um, and to uh, ex. ex- be a child, experience childhood. Um, so yeah, that also happens in the rain. I must not have watched because I've, I've seen my neighbor Totoro. I watched it years ago, maybe even with with one or more of you guys. Definitely with Jordan. Um, and uh, and I don't remember the rain being a major part of it, but that's also because it was a long time ago, and I probably didn't watch it that closely. But is it's, it really just Totoro? It's not throughout the entire movie. It's like when when the kids, uh, or at least when the older daughter uh, first meets Totoro, it's in the rain. Okay, so Totoro doesn't come back in the rain necessarily, like exclusively in the rain, but it's in yeah, the first time. And she, had, I do remember, she has the little dome umbrella, right? She has like the little umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Her, her 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 little sister is uh, asleep, uh, piggyback on her back. And then he has a big. He has an umbrella too, a little umbrella, right? Or does he? Does Totoro have an umbrella? Uh, uh, he uh, the 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 girl hands Totoro um, oh. another another umbrella, which is normal size for a human, but ridiculously small for yeah. a giant mystical creature. Got it. So, yeah, so 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 there's two things that come to mind, right? One is, well, I guess three. One is the rain as a uh, as tears, right? As sort of like your emotions coming out, like the, the, you know, the, right. the clouds are weeping. Spilling and, over. Yeah. And so therefore, because people are like clouds, they weep at the same time. I mean, it just follows. It's just logic. It's it's actually probably similar to old school ideas uh, you know, sort of medieval ideas about, you know, metaphysics and science, the idea that things have kind of affinities and sympathies with each other and like the rain and crying, of course, are related, right? Like, well, it's, it's it all, looks it's the same. God's tears, are they, are, yeah. they, are they not? I mean, one would I mean, think, that, right? that, that is That is a metaphor that like many people have made. It's not my yeah. unique observation. Yeah. So the, the idea that like the rain is a place where is like crying and crying is a place where you come to terms with or or sort of come to a confrontation with feelings that you might not be allowing yourself to feel a lot of the time. And so therefore you have a lot of people who are experiencing these sort of emotional states of, uh, I don't want to say transcendence, but some sort of confrontation, some sort of emotional confrontation, some sort of psychodrama is happening uh, because it's raining um, or it's happening in the occasion of the rain. And the idea being that you meet with the, the imaginary friend. So that's one of them. And then another one is what that like rain is sort of a, a, a pressure it's a sort of like adverse situation and it sort of tests what people are really like, right. Is, is being in the rain. Uh, and, uh, in the sense that, um, well, you're I, again, all, I mean, you're sort of, well, yeah, these, these are external rains, right? Like the, you know, we have to, uh, also bring the rain within, 
right? Like the, uh, the pathetic, you're, you're not being pathetic fallacy enough, I think. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, because wait, wait, like, so unpack that a little bit. I'm not being pathetic fallacy enough. Right. Because the rain, well, the rain has like what a natural affinity with tears. I guess that's part of what you're saying. But like, you know, the thunder, the thunderous storm is my anger. You know, is the is is what I'm saying. Rather than rather than the rain being well, look, there 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 are basically three stories, right? You know, there's there's uh, Pete versus Pete. There's Pete versus <laughs> self, which is different, and then there's there's Pete versus rain, right? And that's, <laughs> and that's Pete versus Pete when I have like the evil version of me with a goatee right. that I get in like a gun battle with with yeah. doves flying and it's all in slow motion from the mirror okay. from the mirror dimension. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mere uh, dimension, Pete, and then um, you know, and then then uh, yeah, Pete, Pete versus Rain is when you you have to to you know endure uh, repeated flooding. The whole um, the whole no, I mean the whole the whole thing I think turns on whether you see the rain as something that's sent outside by a different agency to test you, or whether the rain is like, you know, that character in Encanto who like who like makes the the storm clouds come or something when they're angry, right? Wasn't that a superpower in in Encanto? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that was the thing, yeah. So that's right, that's so whether it's a whether it's an intergenerated rain uh by which you, you know, project onto the world your will and uh an outer generated or an outer generated rain where the 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 rain is generated by a malevolent or um you know i don't know what uh uh adverse or you know i don't know what like a uh threshold cathartic kind of third party entity to to send send the rain to you i guess it's a slightly different rubric than than what you were proposing yeah. with all of your, let, let your put affinities exa- of rain let me put another example from asian cinema out there uh parasite you guys remember that we all saw that right Mm-hmm. Like when, when they escape from the house, um, like very narrowly being, um, you know, uh, detected by the by the family, and it's just pouring buckets, and it's like they just keep descending into descending uh, into like you know subterranean soul, um, and uh, and you know just like rain, just like you know just washes them over and overwhelms them. And guys, is the rain capitalism? Am I right? So in Parasite, don't they get a whole bunch of rainwater inside their house? In their home, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. it is in that scene. Yeah, so it would, the most realistic reading of that would just be the whole rest of the movie is them dealing with the rain that got into their home. Like everything else would stop right? in, <laughs> in real life. They'd be like, "I can't show up to work. I had all this rain that came into my home. Right? Like I can't, I can't go and talk to the North Korean who lives in the basement because I got all this rain in my home, and now I have to get new clothes and I have to like fix the table as particle board, so that has to get thrown out, and I can't afford another table. So what am I gonna do? Um, so, so, but Parasite is of course a movie with a lot of multitasking that's happening, and they're presumably dealing with this in the background while all this other stuff." is happening um i guess i what's more drawing the contrast between real rain and pathetic rain or i guess what i mean that would be a sort of social social rain uh which i I guess is another it's another sort of idea of the adverse the antagonist you know rain the antagonist the rain is sent against you by something and in this case yeah it would be the the uh particular economic and social changes uh in the in the uh, growth of capitalist south korea that are taking place, right? Um, that are informing that stuff in Parasite. That's really interesting. But Pete, I got. I feel like I, I knocked you off of. Yeah, I feel like you were getting ahead of steam going, and I might have. Uh, I might have. Oh, no, t- no, no, no. It's it's all good. Taking the Look, pressure the rain, out of the your, rain. Your we all have plans until we get rained on, man. You know, it don't rain on my grave. <laughs> That's what. Yeah, I think that. I think Mike Tyson's trainer used to say that everyone has a plan until they get rained on in the face. Is yeah. uh, you know <laughs> definitely something well, a boxing trainer would say. I will say that I have enjoyed in the past going for runs in the rain and like doing active things in the rain. And there's this idea that the rain means you have to stay inside. Uh, and and I, you, know, you can go out and run in there as long as there's no thunder and lightning. Like go out and, and you know, go for a jog, you know, go just you know, wear a raincoat. I feel like with all of us having phones now, it, it makes it a little bit of a different situation than it was, you know, prior to having cell phones where, you know, I wasn't really worried about anything on my person being damaged by water. Mm. Um, whereas now, of course, I'm like carrying around one of my most expensive possessions. Um, and, uh, and I don't want it to get wet. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, 
I they, also they are- I also pee carry around a Fabergé egg that I don't want to get wet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I actually carry around a painting of myself as a young man that just gets older and older, though I stay exactly the same. Uh, but I, you know, it's, um, but then I go out in the rain and then we both get all messed up. So I don't know what happens in that situation. I haven't watched the, the Dorian Gray two where he has to like transport the painting to another gallery and there's a rainstorm and it all gets thrown off. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen Dorian Gray one. So if that, if those events actually happened in a picture of Dorian Gray, I wouldn't know. But, um, but yeah, so, so we talked, I talked about how it's like, we talk about rain as pathetic fallacy, rain as uh, a crucible, right? Not the crucible because the rain in the crucible is pathetic fallacy rain, but it's also like, oh, it's this adverse thing. And, you know, you're going to hero through it and it's going to sort of show your character. Um, and then uh, what? What? What about stuff like all of the songs about rain? Because there's songs about storms, and then there's songs about rain. And and I'm thinking about what like stuff like I mean, what blame, blame it on the rain? Blame or, it on the rain. That was fun. Or I wish it would or rain over me. Rain over me is R E I G N, or is the song R A I N? Um, the the movie was R E I. Well, I mean, it's both, right? The song, like hearing it, you're supposed to think of rain, um, mm-hmm. or not? And let me ask you that: Did you, when you guys hear the song "Rain Over Me"? Do you think of precipitation? Uh, I, do you interpret it that way? Pete, I don't know what that song is. Oh, oh Pit, really? Yeah, no, oh, Pitbull song, uh, Rain Over Me? No, 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 that one is R-E-I-N. Hmm. Uh, the, the song Rain, well, there's a movie um, with Adam Sandler. And uh, I, I think, is the, is the song called Rain Over Me or is the song called something else? Um, Love, Rain, or Me by The Who. Is what I'm talking about. Rain on me, rain on me, rain on me. You know, you haven't heard this song? Um, no, I, I haven't. So Mark Anthony oh. sings, girl, my body don't lie. I'm out of my mind. Let it rain over me. I'm rising so high out of my mind. So let it rain over me. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. No, so, so there's a song from Quadrophenia by The Who. Oh, okay. Which uh, where in which rain is spelled R E I G N. It's love, rain, or me. However, and of course, Quadrophenia is a rock opera, so it has a you know it has a plot, um, and it's about a character finding spiritual redemption in the pouring rain, uh, which I am I am quoting from Wikipedia because I wanted to double check it. Um, so, you know, some of these rock bands today they've got funny names. Funny names, yeah, funny names. Who wrote that song? Uh, the who? The who? Exactly. The who? The what? Who wrote Second it? Base? I don't know. The who? <laughs> who actually wrote it? It was uh, uh, Pete Townsend wrote it. <laughs> that kind of ruins the joke, though. I don't need to ruin the joke. But but yeah, like Revelation, right? Like that. Um, that that the rain is an occasion for truth. It's an and more in the sense of adversarial the adversarial relationship between you and the person setting the rain it cre- creates a sort of expressionistic moment where you find yourself and others can find you to be the person that you really are because you're driven by extreme circumstances that are sort of under the surface of your life uh or right the rain is part and the storms are are your anguish and the wind uh, you know is is you cr- is you wailing out the names of all the people that you've loved Right. And the, the rain is from you. And then there's also the sense of the rain as a sort of revelatory and transcendent space where things happen that don't happen elsewhere. It's sort of like an unsexy forest. Right. Where like like the forest is where you go to go have the crazy sexual sexual fairy fantasia kind of stuff. The rainstorm is where you go to, like, you know, uh, have some sort of realization, um, have some sort of like cleansing moment, your sort of Shawshank redemption moment. Of like standing in the rain. Uh, um, well, that's. I mean, that is. What is the Shawshank one like? It's the Shawshank one is rebirth, right? Well, because yeah, yeah. he like he crawls through. It's like he crawls through a sewer tunnel. So there's this like long passage, long dark passageway, you know, and it's you know it's sort of gunky with like body stuff. 
inside, and then then he comes out and he's standing in the rain, right? And the rain washes him washes him clean, and so he's uh, uh, he's uh, reborn, he's baptized, he's you know whatever the the that that's the the one. Like I, I I was thinking about baptism a lot when when like a non uh, a non immersive baptism baptism by sprinkling, you know when um. A Catholic baptism. When you, when, when I was, when you were talking earlier about kind of symbolic affinities uh, of the rain or kind of what it, what it means when someone stands in the thing, like, cause there's a, there's a rebirth, right? There's like a washing clean uh, aspect of it. And that's the, that's the, the Shawshank one. But like the King Lear one uh, in, in Act Three of King Lear is very different, very different from that, right? Like that's the pathetic fallacy one. The, you know, Lear's mind is disordered. So the, the, um, the, what the, the weather around him is disordered. Yeah. 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 With the Lear storm, of course, that's like the big storm, even more than the Tempest. It is kind of funny that Shakespeare has a whole play called the Tempest, but it's not the one where the biggest storm happens. Uh, I'm trying to, it's sort of like if, uh, Pin Diesel maybe, had a giant car chase in a man apart that we didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, Pete, maybe the maybe the real tempest was the friends we made along the way. Oh, yeah, you know the tempest is kind of about the friends we made along the way, right? <laughs> it is absolutely. <laughs> um, but uh, but so so yeah. So the King Lear storm. The one of the things that I always think about with that stuff is well, what was the what was what am I missing about what it was it like to be rained on in Elizabethan England? Like what, what was the experience like, you know, I mean, I have, I don't expect water to get into my home, you know, like I don't, you know, or like, I don't want it coming up through my drains. Like I don't want to have to replace my floor. Right. Like I don't want to have to do these things. Um, and, uh, and, and I, part of my protest is the expectation that it's not going to happen, at least not all the time. Right. Like people are saying that this is the worst that my town has experienced in over 20 years in terms of this sort of thing happening. Um, and, and I don't expect it to happen, but if you're living in a lower tech, you know, lower engineered sort of, uh, time and place, you should sort of expect, you know, a water to be kind of a presence, right? Like, what's it like to be rained on when you can't really get away from it? Or what's the degree of shelter from rain that's provided by less sophisticated construction and engineering techniques? I honestly don't know. Um, and, and I wonder when, when Lear is talking about the storm, what sort of intimate, uh, relationship does Lear himself have with storms? I guess he lives in a castle, so he's pretty safe from the rain when well, it happens. Well, he he had been like yeah, you know. So this is this is maybe like he's been cast out by I think Goneril was who was mm-hmm. the second one who sent him sent him packing. But uh, yeah, what what roofing technology did they have in Elizabethan England? I th- I think they had thatch. Really was was it right? Right, and how does how good is thatch at keeping out rain? Yeah, I mean, it's it like it relies on the kind of like the shingling of the thatch, I think, to like the idea is that it like it flows out more than it flows down. And so the the uh, individual twigs, right, like uh, send send the water um, along along their length and then you drop to the one below and you you go out, you go out. I think that's that's it. But that can't be like in a real downpour. That system has got to fail, you know, pretty, pretty spectacularly. Um, yeah. And so the idea that like, well, it's they wouldn't replace the floors because the the, the floors were dirt. <laughs> you know, there's no no replacing the dirt with what cleaner dirt, <laughs> better level <Yeah>. dirt. <laughs> maybe you maybe like relevel the dirt. But the uh not not the not the second stories obviously but the the um the roof i mean i i might you I, you might have to um you know you might have to replace the roof uh it, unless you know unless like uh the globe theater you know the roof the roof the roof was on <laughs> on fire <laughs> globe theater famously burned down <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm looking at of course at where we would all look, which is villageandcottage.com, which does claim that thatching is pretty effective, mostly due to its uh, its rake, like due to its pitch that it, ch- it channels the rain off of the side of it. Um, but if there's one thing I know about Britain, it's that if there's someone to blame, it's the Thatcher. Uh, they always they're the ones <laughs> responsible for everything. Roof Thatcher, roof Thatcher, the milk snatcher. 
Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, why did your why did your uh, house cave in? Well, blame it on the rain that was falling, falling. Blame it on the stars that didn't shine that night. Whatever you do, don't put the blame on you. Blame it on the rain. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the point of this is that, like, you the point of this song of the lyrics is that you know you messed up, like you you behaved badly in a relationship and have lost the relationship you've gotten broken up with. Um, you've either sent your lover packing or they've sent you packing. Um, and you've got to blame it on, you know that you messed up, but, but, uh, uh, you feel like such a fool. Um, you got to blame it on something. So blame it on the rain that was falling, falling, you know, you know, you messed up. So blame it on the stars that didn't shine that night. The Brit, the, the bridge is that come on and blame, blame it on the rain. Cause the rain don't mind and the rain don't care. You've got to blame it on something. <laughs> so, which is a wonderful indictment of astrology. I think. <laughs> sure, say more. <laughs> blame it on the stars that are in the sky. Yeah. It's sort of it's a re- that's the old reverse astrology, the old reverse horoscope, where something bad happens to you, and you're looking for a, a reason for it to happen, and so you look at the stars in the sky and their patterns, and you ascertain from that uh, because you can't tolerate the fact that it's your fault. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. We're all Leos over here. So, uh, you know, we don't like having our manes wet. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you're all you're all you all clean yourselves. You all just lick yourselves all over your own oh, bodies. Yeah. And, you know, oh, yeah, like... definitely. 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 So, OK, so, um, you know, there's another, there's, a, there's yeah. a good one. There's a good one in Thomas Hardy's During Wind and Rain. Uh, Ooh, oh yes, which yes. is um, not Tom Hardy, Thomas Hardy, <laughs> not Tom Hardy. Slightly no. different. What can you explain to the audience what the difference is <laughs> between Tom Hardy and Thomas Hardy? Mm. You <laughs> have adopted the Nash. I was born in it, <laughs> and that's the difference. Is that that three letters M A S is the difference okay. between uh, Tom Hardy and and Thomas Hardy? Um, the uh, yeah, during wind and rain is a, is a, uh, a a poem about a well-to-do family um, and how their sort of all their their joys are sort of set against the the pitiless march of time and the the you know the kind of the still greater um, forces of the elements, uh, you know. Uh, but that the uh, but that it and it ends. I want. I mean, I guess I could. I could read a poem. I could just make it my thing that what I do is read a different poem on every on every podcast. But I I won't do that. Um, the uh, suffice to say, the poem is the story of this family, kind of, and and is told in four stanzas, which are a different episode of their uh, of their life. And the last the last line is uh, after they've they've like moved they've you know had great fortune they've moved to a big new house you know a high new house the last line is down their carved names the raindrop plows and so much you know so much for all of their accomplishments so much for all of their all of their joys all the kind of the the bright fun scenes that you saw of them like you know cavorting on the lawn in the afternoon and enjoying their uh, enjoying their their wealth and good fortune, um, down their carved names, the raindrop plows. Uh, carved names meaning tombstones, right, or right. memorials somehow. And then the raindrop plows. Well, I, this this would be like th- normally you would think of this as kind of like a pathetic fallacy one, right? Like this is the the rain is tears, you know the and it's a memorial, it's a gravestone, so the rain falling on the memorial is like tears, and so the message of the poem is that like, well, like you you know you pass along, but you're you're mourned, right? Like people are sad. There's there's this sort of sadness that you're gone, but no, uh, the the word the word isn't the raindrop trickles or the raindrop, you know, I don't know what courses or something the raindrop plows and and you plow to eradicate you know you you plow a a field to like till it to take out you know to take out what's there to um uh, put put in something new right yeah you plow to get rid 
uh, to get rid of the past. And so the rain, I mean, the rain is a tr- change agent, right? Like you want to think that, that the rain is a stage, a cha- change agent, um, is about you, you know, is about your own catharsis or your own like rebirth, your own bab- rebaptism, you know, whatever it is, your own tears, your own, uh, kissing Rachel McAdams in the notebook, you know, um, but no, uh, the, the rain as a change agent, the story is actually a, a, a great deal bigger than you. And the rain as a change agent is that like, uh, this, all this, all this will wash away. I'm, I, I'm thinking of, um, taxi driver here, right? Someday a real rain's going to come and wash away all the filth. Someday a real rain's going to come and everyone's going to have to call their landlord because their place is uninhabitable and they need to get put up somewhere. But since everyone's doing it at the same time, there aren't going to be enough places to put people up in. And not to mention all the homeless people who are going to be just really sick. And yeah, it's just going to be a real mess. That, that rain's going to come and we're just not prepared for it. It's going to be awful. The traffic's going to be terrible. Right, exactly. Um, but- yeah, our, st- our storm drains are all going to overflow because we're actually <laughs> just, they're just not designed for this level of water flow where the, the system doesn't have enough capacity. Right, they- right, right. There's a drainage. There's a drainage channel near my house that is almost being overtopped uh, by the by the you know by the the all the rain that we're having. That is that is related, Mark, to the to the L.A. River basin that you see in in Terminator Two. Um, you know, just just to throw you a bone there a little bit with the the Terminator. Matt, Matt, can I ask you a Los Angeles question? Sure. In this rain that's happening in Los Angeles or in Southern California. How many outdoor fireplaces installed by HGTV do you think will be lost? <laughs> well, I mean, they'll ru- they'll ru- they're made of iron. A lot of them, aren't they? They'll rust okay. out. Like they'll just rust, yeah. you know. Because the- so many of those episodes of those home renovation shows in Los Angeles, there's always like an outdoor entertaining area with outdoor fireplace and like a dinner table and stuff. And uh, and it's like, man, we could never do that around here. They'd either steal it or the wind would blow it over or like a bear would sit in it and eat it <laughs> or it would rain. Right. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if you have if you leave ashes in your your and that mixes with water. Right. The effect of that on your, you know, on your metal, on the kind of the metal bottom of your I'm thinking of one of those like brazier like uh type you know like concave uh things are you thinking oh i thought you were making gunpowder from the 18th century (laughs) (laughs) so you take some ash you mix it with water no sorry sorry what you a brazier at the bottom you think when you sing an outdoor fireplace do you mean the ones that are essentially kind of like an iron bowl that you put coals or or wood in and you kind of sit sit around it sometimes they have like well, that, a, that makes sense. Like a, a cap a thing. cap on top or to do it or do you mean like the 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 what the ones that are like a gas fireplace essentially with those um gravel or sometimes like glass beads or something like that yeah glass. that's what i was thinking more of those like the ones that are built like 2001 obelisks um, um not obelisks but uh monoliths ah. but have like uh, glass beads that are on fire in them and you're supposed to sit in front of them and like feel good about yourself yeah and uh, and all that you've and all that you i'm not jealous you've comp you know all you accomplished by being on the property brothers they, they changed they changed to a high new house he she all of them a eh? clocks and carpets and chairs on the lawn all day and the brightest things that are theirs like their fire pits and the brightest things that are theirs ah no the years the years down their carved fire pits the raindrop plows and so I guess the yeah, it's like the difference between Thomas Hardy and Tom Hardy is that Tom Hardy's works are more optimistic, <laughs> like, <laughs> like things like Dunkirk and Venom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to find some other sorts of difference. They both are capable of sporting a, a handlebar mustache. They both really are, are good at that. There's more similarities than differences. I think they were born about two hours apart and also a hundred years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, and, what, and one of them is a knight. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, are they both knights? One is in the order of merit, uh, but that's uh, yeah, that's like a commonwealth for what yeah, so for for services to to Gotham City. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But one of them. So if, yeah, if I were to ask you, like, which of Thomas Hardy and Tom Hardy, which one is in the order of merit, and which one is in the order of the British Empire? Like, which one would you guess? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Tom Hardy is a uh, is a commander of the British Empire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that that's pretty that's pretty high. Falutin, that's high. Right? Yeah, that's big. Yeah. You know. Why? <laughs> you, have, you have so many actors, Your Majesty. Yeah. You have a, just an island. Every third person on that island is an actor. So he was he worked for the Prince's Trust way back in the day, like 2010. Um, when so back in the day, like 13 years ago. I mean, I assume that probably has something to do with it. Mr. It's probably not that he that because he practices Brazilian jujitsu. Uh, it's like looking through his Wikipedia page, which things are more like most likely to have made Tom Hardy a commander in the British Empire. Um, yes, it's uh, Mark. Has it ever rained on you real hard? And how did you feel about it? Because <laughs> I'm really struggling. I am trying to process here. We are in the <laughs> vortex and we are like we are. So we are just trying to channel all these subconscious cultural resonances. I am trying to integrate a memory a recent memory that makes no sense because I've been educated in the culture that rain is this revelatory experience and not in fact, like a pure rush of terror. <laughs> you know, Thomas, Thomas Hardy, Hardy also worked in the Prince's trust. It's just, it was Prince Albert. Ah, gotcha. Well, that's a little more information no, that I needed to know. Not as- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think a good example. Okay. Here, here's one. Okay. That kind of sort of ties into everything we're talking about here. Um, uh, Hurricane Sandy was uh, over 10 years ago. Uh, I was in fact living in, in New York at the time um, and was living far and way far enough uptown um, so that uh, escaped like the, the power outage and the flooding and all like, of the horrible things that came out of that. Um, I, uh, a couple of days before the storm really came and hit, um, I was at a karaoke bar and uh, there's definitely a friend there whose like flight was out, was canceled or something like that, but it was kind of maroon. Um, canceled plans, uh, they have where to go. We're at a karaoke bar, and I thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny? Wouldn't it be really clever? The song that I choose to sing uh, on the eve of what would turn out to be an incredibly devastating storm. Uh, if I chose Here I Am, Rocky Like a Hurricane, um, the hair metal classic, um, I got a little bit of a kick out of it at the time. Um, and I felt a little bit guilty out of it after it. For sure. Afterwards, um, I would like to think that uh, anybody who was at the karaoke bar that night um, didn't hold too much ill will for me, you know, as they were sitting in the dark or, or you know, scuttling about lower Manhattan trying to find a, a power outlet to charge your cell phone. Um, but uh, I guess my question for you guys is, um, am I the asshole? Are we the <laughs> for singing Here I Am, Rocky Like a Hurricane during Superstorm Standy at a karaoke? Well, before, shortly immediately be- before. Shor- shortly before. Well, Mark, <laughs> to be even, clear, shortly before. even if you were the asshole, all you had to do was, you know, walk into the middle of Central Park and stand, you know, extend your arms on either mm-hmm. side of you, raise your face up to the heavens. And as you feel the wind and rain lashing at your gritted teeth, say, is this what you want? Are you happy now? And feel the water coming down, washing you clean, being reborn, being re, you know, reborn as a, you know, as a sensitive, as a sensitive older, older person. Tears streaming down my face, right? Complimenting uh, the tears of our Lord. uh, The thunder, the thunder, the thunder meekly echoing the, the hoarse screams from your throat. Mm. Yeah. So this is, this touches on something else, which is, the calm before the storm as an expression, right? Because I feel like what your story tells me, Mark, is that before the storm, you were not calm. <laughs> you were sublimating something, right? Like you were you were kind of, you, you sang the song because there was some sort of need, some sort of potential energy that needed to be needed to be discharged at that point, right? There was... Uh, yeah, the, the other historical context, maybe this helps kind of like suss out what exactly was going through my mind in this moment, or, you know, I don't know, the, the collective psyche of New York, for that matter. Um, the year before Hurricane Sandy came, um, there was forecast a, a hurricane whose name escapes me. Um, and at the time, there was like, this could be it, guys. This could be the big one. And it absolutely didn't. So it was a total fizzle. Was, was it the, Irene the, the, the year before? I think Come it could on. be. But, Irene? Yeah, there was. Ah, oh, I swear. Sorry. <laughs> In this <Man>. moment. <laughs> well, this moment, you mean everything. 
there was this like there was absolutely this tension uh, going through the city at the time or, or um, the forecast came back again. It's like, no, 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 no. For real, this time this is going to be the bad one. Um, and there's this mixture of like, oh, how bad could it possibly be? You know, it's going to be another fizzle like it was last year. But in the back of mind, you're like, oh, yeah, no, this this, this could be pretty bad. Um, and yeah, I think it's fair to say like I was processing some anxiety there as a way to just kind of like, you know, find some humor in a, in a potentially dark situation, but also just try, try to relieve tension. Um, you know, just like, hey, you know, like, yeah, um, you know, this but bad thing might be out there later. But like tonight, we're here at the karaoke bar. We're just having a fun time. So here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, do you feel do you feel the tension released now after I just belted that out? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I think you probably have to listen to the whole thing to really to really revel in it and really get to that. It's night. early morning. Sun comes out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was that was that you asking me to sing it all like right near on this moment? Uh, maybe maybe for members only. Maybe we can get a G- give 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 me a moment while I look up the lyrics. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> so so the calm. I I know that the calm before the storm is not describing human behavior, but is in fact describing wind behavior, right? Like uh, and again, this sort of divergence between what happens uh, to the natural world and what happens you know in nat- nature. I guess as contrasted from people, you know, we've talked about that before and whether that whether and to what extent that is a distinction uh, that is made uh, in different kinds of uses of the word natural. But the point being that like the metaphorical notion of the calm before the storm as a human behavior uh, falls a little flat due to experience because people are not calm before storms, right? Like I, 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 one of the things I hate about rainstorms is, is that they lack all the cuteness of blizzards. Like living in New England, there's all sorts of little cute things that happen around blizzards. There's like little lights on the traffic lights to tell you when you have to move your car. There's like I love the French toast index. Are you guys have I talked about this on the podcast before? No. You guys know the so French toast index? The it sounds French cute. To- it sounds cute and whimsical and delicious. The French the French toast index is a I would say hypothetical because I don't know if people actually track it, but it's uh it's an indication of how severe a storm is going to be based on how much milk, bread, and eggs are gone from. The oh, store. okay, okay, okay. Because everybody yeah, goes yeah. to the grocery store. It's a whole. Uh, it's described as the uh, the French toast alert system uh, in, in, on the Universal Hub, which is a local Boston website. Got it. Uh, so it's it's like the Yankee Candle Index for COVID. In that. Oh, that was my favorite thing. Yes. I mean, not really, but like, oh man, the Yankee can't. Mark, did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's oh. that? Um, uh, people are talking about not being able to smell the Yankee candles. <laughs> and so you could tell COVID waves of, of you know, variants or waves of infections um, by uh, people going on the Yankee candle website and leaving reviews saying this candle doesn't smell like anything. <laughs> Yes, and that yes. was the one of the best, you know, kind of trailing indicators that we had that it was, uh, yeah, that it was um, uh, a wave. A wave was coming. So this is like that, but this is this this is a leading indicator, right? Yeah, like, it's also a joke because I don't know if there's actually any measurement of it that takes place, but it's more like everybody goes to the grocery store and buys bread, milk, and eggs, and the grocery stores all run out of it around big winter storms. I haven't heard this around big like rainstorms. I guess people have cereal or something they don't they don't treat themselves to a nice breakfast uh when when it's thunder and lightning out with uh with rain rather than snow although i actually did make some pretty nice french toast uh i did the whole thing where i put the custard in the fridge overnight and then uh made it in the morning with some challah bread um on saturday uh it was pretty good i think it went all right it was some of my better french toast that i made recently um as we know from the podcast i am at war with various breakfast foods We've talked mm. about my salty waffles before, but um, <laughs> all the things that have gone wrong this week, oh, the, the salty uh, waffles was not one of them. So. Matt, did you go panic buying groceries? No, I mean we did the we did the normal week's worth of grocery shopping a couple of days early because I I didn't want to drive today. Normally Sunday is grocery day, and I wanted to just stay off the roads on uh, on Sunday. But you know, I I think people have been. I think people have been fairly reasonable. This is not going to be like, you know, it's going to be the disruptions are going to be reasonable disruptions and and not um 
regional disruptions and not, you know, uh, a huge hit to the ability of the the nation to feed Mm -hmm. itself, you know. I'm I'm really, I'm really hoping that uh, this turns out to be true when this episode hits tomorrow. Um, I mean, you're the one. Probably should be. Yeah. Will this be my, will this be my Rocky like a hurricane (laughs) moment? (laughs) Odds, odds, odds were, you know, that, you know, our, our normal emergency preparedness and supplies would be able to, to carry us to carry us through this i don't know i'm i'm reminded of something jordan said once about about the film the exorcist i don't know if you guys this uh, remember this conversation well this is taking a spooky and surreal turn but but he, I continue. well no it's what it, it's about rocky lake or hurricane it's about the calm before the storm it's what you know the the point of the the exorcist uh is that like the old priest comes and the people are like, yeah, this thing is happening and, and it's a little scary. And the priest is like, no, you're dealing with the actual devil. You don't even understand. Like, we'll do anything, you know, like all your principles, all your playbooks are out the window now. We're dealing, you're, we're dealing with the, uh, the, the actual devil with, with Satan himself. Um, and, and I, I think like one of the things, that is hard to really understand about rain is that it involves water. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> right. Unpack that. Like, like there's a lot, we can do a lot of narrativizing. We can do a lot of like, you know, uh, we, it, it, and it involves large quantities of water, right? Like we can take on a little water, you know, you can get your, go out, get a little sprinkle a little on, on your shirt, but like a, a raging torrent of water is one of the most powerful and destructive forces that, that earth can, can see. I mean, I'm put in mind uh, and not just the kind of the, the gradual erosion that, that water can, can, uh, bring about on, you know, uh, cutting canyons and and all this kind of stuff like I, i'm not i'm not saying the bruce lee quote about how you know water becomes the the teapot and water uh becomes the glass and and water erodes you know a drip of water can erode the most powerful mountain i'm not i'm not saying that i'm saying that like a giant you know a giant raging rapid that is suddenly coming down your street is going to like carry carry a bunch of houses uh houses away uh on it and it's it's um you know you're you, and you you forget right when when something crosses the line from rain to an actual storm or something like that that you are dealing with the actual devil you know that this is this is a <laughs> this is a powerful force kind of beyond the bounds of comprehension uh that um can can really uh you know do do some serious damage and like i i think both you know we can we can maybe make edgy jokes about it both a because we are anxious about ourselves and we're working uh we're working out our anxieties and b because like it's really difficult <laughs> to 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 wrap your mind around you know like oh the l is going to be underwater for 72 hours you know the whole the whole tunnel is going to be flooded and it's going to be 18 months before normal services is restored something like that happened with sandy didn't it mark and it well you could you could argue years because then they had to shut the tunnel down and like do massive rework on it uh, yeah many years after that yeah. it was like in one direction so it was essentially useless like uh yeah anyway so like um you you never know i don't know you never know kind of what you're facing almost by by design you know and that's uh i think i don't know that's why that's why it makes it difficult because you're dealing with the actual devil i had an experience so I really, really don't like these sorts of events, as you probably can tell. But around the time that overthinking it started, I was living in an apartment that was much, much more vulnerable to them. Which I've talked, I probably talked on the podcast about it a bunch of times. Yeah, it was I've below grade, wasn't it? Your apartment was yeah, below it was, grade. It was a little garden level one, and it was actually destroyed in a flood. And I mean, all of my belongings, my computer, everything. Uh, and and we were, you know, we were out, you know. We had to leave. We couldn't stay. The whole place was uninhabitable. Um, and and there were all and any time something like that would happen with a ton of water coming by, there was the threat that it was going to like intrude into this place. And uh, and I had this one moment that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Actually, the reason I've been thinking about it is a little bit a little bit different, which is uh, my son loves color changing toys. Have you guys have you dealt with this at all, Mark? Color changing toys with like hot and cold water. Um, yeah, 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 like, sorts, yeah, 
you put the toy in. Huh? Matt, have you ever played with one of these? I don't want to exclude you. No, not. I mean, uh, in my own in my own bath time when I'm when I'm yeah. cleaned. But no, well, I like, haven't. Does, does does your basset hound appreciate you know like a so, you know a transformer that changes colors in different colors of water, or like a bone that turns blue or something? Uh, my Probably. my basset hound appreciates eating poop off of the street. <laughs> mm. Also tough to do in a rainstorm, <laughs> uh, but. But um, so one of the things, so he loves these color changing cars and he has a bunch of ones from, from Disney, Pixar's cars or whatever it is. And, uh, and so when, you know, I give him baths and I get him a little Tupperware of ice water. And so I make ice cubes in the freezer and, you know, in an ice tray and I put the ice cubes in the water and the ice cubes, you know, make the water cold uh, so that the cars can change color. The thresholds for the cars to change color in terms of coldness are a little bit too intense. Like it's hard to make them change to cold. It's easy to make them change with warm. It, you need ice to make them change to cold. Uh, water without ice will not stay cold for very long, uh, enough to do this. And of course you guys know, because you know about water, right? That one of the many weird and messed up characteristics of water is the amount of energy it takes for it to undergo phase change. Uh, particularly to and from ice, I think because of the whole expansion thing, you know, like, like, the phase change energy, I don't remember exactly what, it, what the technical term for it is, right? But the idea that, like, the water is at the freezing point temperature-wise, and it takes a bunch of energy to push it over from one phase to the other without changing its temperature. Mm. And and so I watch that every day with uh, how much the ice in melting makes the water colder. Like, it's the ice melting that's making the water colder because the energy is going into the phase change of the ice. And there's this one experience I had where it was in the winter – and there was ice on the ground and snow on the ground. There had been a whole bunch of snow and ice that season. And my sidewalk was just caked with thick, blocky ice. And uh, But it was above freezing and there was a rainstorm. And the rain was rushing down the street and was threatening to flood out my apartment. And so I wanted to carve some sort of channel out of the uh, sidewalk for the water to drain down into the storm drain. Uh, and I couldn't because there was this giant block of ice. So I'm out there, you know, I didn't have a proper ice pick, mm. but I'm using, you know, like whatever I have handy, you know, a wrench, you know, like a screwdriver, something to try to chip this ice. And I have the brilliant idea to make like a, a kettle of hot water. Oh, no, no, no. Gonna... <laughs> 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 it's water, man. It's water. Pete, you don't I've know, seen man. TikTok. I've seen TikTok. Don't this do was it. like 15 years before TikTok, man. Oh, poor <laughs> guy. Like, like oh, but yeah, I'm sorry. No, it, tell your story. Oh, just that it was just that it just didn't work. I mean, like you you pour the hot water on the on the ice and it just bounced off. I mean, it bounces off on. Oh, you, you didn't break your windshield. No, no, I wasn't oh. pouring it on my car. I was pouring it on like a foot thick block of ice oh, that was okay. on my sidewalk, oh, and it. I just had this powerful feeling of futility when I retroactively realized how stupid it was to think that a single kettle of boiling water would do anything to a foot thick 20 yard long block there, of ice. There is no kettle of boiling water. There is only the gray. Um, the, <laughs> the, sorry. I, in so my much, head, it takes in my, so much enthalpy. What's up? In my head, you were walking across the sidewalk to your car to do the, uh, to like get ice off of your windshield or something. Oh, no, like this that. Was I don't know. The 15 years I didn't have a car. Oh, yeah, well, there yeah, you yeah. go. I don't know how I yeah. wreck on that in my, in, in my head, but that, well, yeah. Well, cause was... it's the stupidest thing I would have done that I totally would have done. But, you and, know? Like, and you'll break your windshield if you do yeah. that. The, the windshield is weaker than the water. Yeah, exactly. Because well, of the change in temperature. Yeah. The windshield is, uh, the windshield is weaker. We are all weaker than the water. There's only. <laughs> There's only the water. Well, just that the block of ice was capable of storing such a potential for temperature change that like even the, you can think, oh, I pour hot water on snow and it's totally going to melt it. But like the ice had just so much. And it just it just was a thought of like think of all the other energy reserves that are present in this like enormous movement of water. The kinetic energy of the water will be down the street. The potential energy of the of the distance the water still has to travel until it gets to a place where it's going to stop flowing, which is like the middle of the Atlantic ocean, right? Like it's, it's going to keep going and keep going, uh, until it's swept out to sea. Right. Um, uh, and then the, you know, the, the enthalpy of the temperature of the water, right? Like, uh, I mean, I don't want to get into like what would happen if the water were to undergo some sort of nuclear fission or fusion process. Cause I didn't see Oppenheimer. So I didn't get to experience that this week, no. but just, just the idea that the sheer mass and amount of water in motion 
with temperature, you know, is, uh, and with, of course, its corrosive powers. Um, another thing is, uh, did you ever wonder why I always wondered in school, like in, in school, school, like, like middle school and high school, when talking about things like when talking about chemistry, for example, why people talked about acids and bases so much mm. and why people talked about organic chemistry so much. Cause I found the other stuff more interesting when I was a kid, cause I wasn't going very deep in any of these subjects, but I was like, why aren't they talking about the cool elements with the funny names? Why are we talking about all this nonsense? And, uh, and, and I never, I did not realize, you know, at the time, as as you, you know, actually live in the world, the this idea that water splits into two halves that can both screw with you in like massive ways. And I'm not just talking about ruining your pancakes, but I am mostly talking about ruining your pancakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like acid and base and that sort of its prevalence, right? It's, it's all tied up in this weird polar molecule that's rushing down your street at 100 miles an hour, ready to destroy your home. Um, Water, man. It's crazy. Somebody should make a law. I think it's clear. Yeah, the thing is clear. Pete and I have been pent up enough. We had a lot of potential energy (laughs) that we... That we released on on this podcast. We're very grateful for everyone for listening to it. <laughs> Mark, the thanks I, I for, got all of mine out. I'll, I'll get all of mine all at once when I went to Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, sure. In one in one glorious flash. Yeah. Well, we hope to do Oppenheimer at some you know at some point in the future when uh, you know who knows what what civilization will be left after this. We hope everyone uh, wherever you're listening to this, you're you're staying safe. And, uh, you know, safe and warm, uh, with your loved ones. Safe inside. That's our, uh, that's our, or stay safe, stay sane, stay s- informed. I don't know. There's, they're try- they're like, they're doing their best to brand this particular <laughs> storm. And it's very, uh, I mean, it's a little distasteful, I think. But anyway, I hope you, I, I just I hope had an right. image of someone sticking a cattle brand into like flowing water and it just like, <laughs> it's smoking, but not leaving any mark. Right? Like you can't brand the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bruce lee said that too, bruce right? lee said that you can't brand the water <laughs> put the water in the teacup it becomes the teacup but it can't brand it you still can't you can't brand the water all right let's leave it there we'll be back next week with more overthinking it podcast and then you can visit us on the web at overthinking where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it, it probably, probably doesn't, doesn't Hey, um, Matt, I wanted to ask you something about the rain in Los Angeles about mm-hmm. like, um, so I know there are certain places, there was like a certain place, there was a place with the rain in Los Angeles. What was it? Oh, forget it, man. It was Chinatown. <laughs>